so today on the Brunswick Buzz, we're meeting with Principal Heather Blanchett from HBS, Harry Peacher Stowe School, and Tracy Kinney, talent uh, development teacher from HBS as well. And we're going to be talking about the Maine Department of Education Rev Grant that HBS has received. Um, so can I just first turn it over to you, Heather, and introduce yourself and tell us how many years you've been in Brunswick, how long you've been doing, anything you want to share about yourself. Sure. So I'm Heather Blanchard. I'm the principal at Harry Beecher Stowe Elementary. This is my sixth year as principal at HBS. It is my 21st year in public education. It is all I have done since I graduated from college. So I've never done anything other than work for work in public education. Awesome. Thank you. Tracy, you mind? I'm Tracy Kinney and the talent development teacher for the district. I've worked in Brunswick for, this is the sixth year, been in education for almost 20 years. So I think it'd be great if you would both just talk about like how you thought about the idea of applying for the REV grant, what was your, the impetus behind that? I mean, I, I know we've talked about it before, we talked about it at school board meetings, but why don't you kind of like, how did it, how, you know, where was the inception? So I think it actually started not that I like to link anything to COVID, but I think it actually started during that COVID year when we were trying to find ways to hold more classes outside and be creative with where we were having students due to safety reasons. And what we realized was that HBS, of all the schools in the district, really is in this like suburban area and mm. didn't have a lot of natural play structures or spaces for students and staff to utilize during their day. And then I think it was Sarah and Carrie from CREA who had talked to Tracy about it. And Tracy is much more outdoorsy than I am. And so she kind of had to, awesome. to sell me a little bit because I was like, you want me to go get dirty? Um, and so Tracy did a lot of talking to Sarah and Carrie and sort of brought me along <laughs> to to hear more about this opportunity would you yeah i would agree with that and with looking at our outdoor resources we were also thinking about science and how we can mm -hmm. bring um, the students outside for a more hands-on science experience as well as um, the standards-based science curriculum and uh, looking at that across the three grades and then we Martin Mackey, yeah. who used to work in Brunswick as head of real school and was at DOE at the time, I guess luckily education is a small world and so I was able to reach out to Martin and the three of us had a Zoom meeting to talk about, you know, Martin's energy around it and, you know, he is familiar with HBS having his children had gone through, so he sort of got us more pumped up about it and told us more about the process in and of itself. And then Tracy and I both decided that why not be crazy enough to take a free credit course to, to try to get this going. Just looking it up and making sure I had this correct, but the REV grant is Rethinking Responsive Education Ventures, mm -hmm. an initiative of the Maine Department of Education funded by federal education stabilization funding. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say COVID funds from the U.S. Department of Education. So if we're getting this right, so again, for our listeners, you had to apply for the competitive grant. So we took a three credit course together in design thinking that other individuals from other districts were also taking. The DOE worked with University of New England 
to offer the course free of charge. So it, it was a free course, which was good because that would have. <laughs> and so we went through that course and throughout the coursework worked on parts and pieces of the grant application as part of the coursework. And then the other thing that similar, Tracy, or one of you just said, you know, I think Brunswick, we are very fortunate in many ways, but you're, you do have a, you, we do have HBS. So I view HBS, let me say it that way. I view HBS as a inner, you know, city. city kind of building. And you're right, when you look at the playground and you look at the facilities compared to, you know, other places, it is more, you know, there's green space, but not like play space, if you will, right? You say green as in lawn, but not like long. play. We're surrounded by three roads and a parking lot on the other side. Our green space, the field that we can't do anything, I mean, that's a field. Kids can play on it. There's no working gardens. There's no uh, diversity in plants or anything like that to get out there and explore. It's just a space. I think you just hit the nail on the head, right? When you think of Maine, when you think of, you know, that's what at HBS there's a field, mm -hmm. basically. So you apply, yep. you get this grant in the amount of... We were able to secure a grant in the amount of $250,000, yeah. which was the maximum amount. And an interesting piece with this grant is that 80% of the funding is required to be used on things that directly impact kids. Mm -hmm. So it isn't exactly. a grant that it's gonna be, oh, we're paying for this staff person or that staff person. It, it is direct impact to students. Yeah. So structures like a greenhouse that will, the students will directly use, things like the science kits and science curriculum work that directly goes to students and gets implemented with students. So that was, you know, a lot of grants are out there and they have a lot of great purposes, but this was directly for kids. So I think it, it really spoke mm -hmm. to both of us that this yeah. one was yes. targeted. And we had to work on the sustainability of the project as well. That was a really important part of that. So it wasn't, it can't be here's your money and we have a one and done kind of thing, yeah. but they yeah. wanted to know, we had to discuss our sustainability and how we were going to move forward with this. So it was really important to have a plan that didn't rely on a full-time staff person to then keep this going because we don't have that position. And the, the design thinking course was great for that systems approach. You know, someday down the road, Mrs. Blanchard might not be the principal at HBS anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, the goal is that this work and innovation will continue regardless of who is sitting at that that principal desk if you will yeah so the grant tell me so a couple things but i'll talk about sustainability in a minute but when you were designing the grant or maybe creating the grant obviously you talked about making sure that it was experiential is that fair to say yeah, outdoor mm -hmm. hands-on yes. those kind of things so tell me what the grant what so what what are the goals now not what are the goals but what I know we're doing a greenhouse, but talk to me about like like what are the examples that you're doing? Well, and I think there's a, a few different pieces of okay. the grant because we also have to, you know, report out to the state uh -huh. on some of the key points that we had in our application. And some one of the points that we had was the importance of kids being outdoors and the kids learning outside and being invested in that. So 
you know, through that, we hope that we see some improved attendance, mm. that we see improved behaviors around these lessons and things that we are setting up for outside. Because it doesn't, it's also not going to just stop at just like this one lesson that you did one week. We will have students taking care of different things out there and mm -hmm. stuff. So they're going to be invested in that as well. I think the focus group we did with the kids yeah. was one of the most fun parts yes. of the yeah, grant yeah, writing yeah, application. Yeah, yeah. So I want to say probably February of mm -hmm. last year, we met with, they were current fifth graders, so they're now up at the junior high as sixth graders. And so we met with a cohort of students and interviewed them about their thoughts about the outdoor spaces at HBS, oh, wow. and if the, you know if you could leave a legacy of changing things for students to come, and so we got a lot of ideas, not just for the greenhouse, but for some nature-based play spaces, yep. directly from some of our older students who, you know, I think the idea of like leaving a legacy was was great mm. for them. But their ideas around how, you know, hearing it straight from them that like, well, our playground, you know, there isn't really a lot to do. It's just just grass, and it would be cool if we had, you know more things to climb on and they even brought up parts that I thought were really insightful around you know for example the structures at HBS aren't accessible to all students mm -hmm. who have oh, mobility yeah. okay. limitations yeah. and so they were so insightful talking about how you know they'd love to see spaces that all students could access even if they aren't the same they don't have the same mobility as everyone else yeah. um, and so that was I think something really cool to hear from from the kids that they wanted to make the playground a better place. Mm -hmm. And that's another part of our grant that any of our installations yeah. are accessible for all students and we are making things accessible for mm -hmm. students too. So if it doesn't come already accessible where we've, we've sat down and we've thought about how can we make this accessible? what are the tweaks or changes we have to make or do we have to just completely go in a new direction? So accessibility was really important to us because again, HBS is not accessible. So we also sought out staff who staff wanted to, to, okay. to have input. Focus group from students, yep. staff input. And so we had, we had some, you know, a number of general ed staff members, but we also had some of our self-contained special education teachers who are, who are really excited and on board with this. And so it was great to hear from them about for some of their students, how that can be such a great hook for students with social emotional learning needs and how, you know, how being outdoors can be such a positive thing for them. Our functional life skills teacher was out there giving us the perspective of kids who might have mobility needs and giving us ideas of materials that could be used in order to make things more accessible. For example, for a child who might need to get out of a wheelchair and do some knee walking wow. to a yeah. space. I have to say, I've just been really impressed with how much the students and staff have been thoughtful about making this something for everyone. So you're doing, we're project-wise, part of the project is, and you talked about CREO, can you just remind our listeners who CREO is and what they do with the Brunswick School System? CREA is amazing. They are the Cathins yeah. River Educational Alliance. They have been working with the Brunswick School Department for longer than me, because they were here when I got here. And so we have third grade, for example, is doing their field trips to Korea right now. So not only have we always had field trips to Korea where Sarah and Carrie work with the kids and bring them outdoors and have them discovering, but they're also doing work with the teachers 
around units aligned to NGSS and that discovery and exploration model so that it becomes less of a teacher just kind of pouring the knowledge into a student and more about student discovery and inquiry and exploration. Yes, yes. And just to put a plug out there, I think they're phenomenal. They're on my, just to send this out to the universe, they're on my podcast list to, to, to get them to be, you know, interview them because they're, I, 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 I've been impressed from day one when I came here. So, um, sounds like you've been working with them on the project. Um, can you, like, talk, let's talk about the project, like what, what what components of it are part of it? So I know we talked at the beginning about it, but let's break it down by owner. So there are different areas. Three, three large yes. projects okay. is how I sort of look mm -hmm. at it. One large project is the greenhouse, which we are trying to make sure that that is, again, sustainable and done in a systemic way so you know it's going to have water and electricity and and heat so the greenhouse is obviously a huge project that requires a lot of construction and time to get that underway the second piece are the science unit complete with science kits to go along with those units because we have a lot of great teachers in brunswick who could benefit from having these this ready for them for them to deliver that instruction to students and so we've had CREA working with grade level teachers to create these units and and figure out which materials we need and look at the trimesters and plan out the pacing of the units and make sure they're aligned to the NGSS and are following that inquiry model of learning have common assessments so that's been another huge project and then the third project is the nature-based mm -hmm. play spaces, which we alluded to, you know, currently we have the one big field that gets used a lot for the rec department, which yeah. is very important to the town. Um, but then we also have the space that will be closer to the greenhouse that mm -hmm. we're hoping to create some more nature-based play spaces. We actually went over to Kate Furbish and, and did a tour of their playground mm -hmm. to get some inspiration. So the greenhouse, let's, uh, we'll go over all three again, just to, the greenhouse is going to be Pretty close to the building, right? It just started, it's, it's framed up now, so yep. people are seeing that, they see that. And you said it has electricity and heat and all that. Do you envision students or classes rotating through that or some kind of approach? Talk to me about that. Absolutely, and that's where we brought Korea in on this mm -hmm. too because it does take a lot of people, you know, with different ideas and different knowledge bases and Sarah and Carrie, it's like, okay, how, how can we do this now? How can we get the kids outside and what is this going to really look like and the growing season and, and all of that? They're so not, they were, they were like, we need to get soil samples. And oh, I, yeah. oh, it yeah. was all going over my head. Like they, I was like, I'm not outdoorsy. So, yeah. so lessons are, are, are going to be, um, Every around, yeah. Oh, great. So then that's that in itself is a... Yes. So every HBS student will get... Everyone. Yep. And so every okay. year that they are at HBS, they will have a, unit. a different unit that is in okay. the greenhouse. Oh, that's beautiful. And so then, really yeah, and then teachers could also utilize it for other smaller projects okay. and, and how they see fit where it fits into, like, say, a master schedule, but it would be available and we're going to need to have you know we've talked to teachers and different groups about like things that will need to happen sort of like 
let's say maintenance wise, like putting the plants to bed in the in yeah. the late fall and stuff, or spring cleanup. And and there are some teachers that are really excited to have um, their class do parts of those things. Can you remind me, Heather, that did we, uh, I think we added some hours or something in the stipend? So we we haven't yet. That's one of the stipends. So as part of the grant, we did put in for two stipend positions, a teacher leader position to kind of keep the ongoing professional development about this approach Mm -hmm. to science, and then a stipend for sort of the care and upkeep of the actual greenhouse that we have done through this first year of the Rev Grant funding, and yeah. then again, and the hope the is district, the district right. Take that on and move that. Th- that is great. the hope okay. in order to keep yeah. it sustainable. Right. Yeah, the yeah. sustainability, but also looking at it as not a large expense right. for the sustainability, right. but keeping it moving. The sustainability really comes into you know making sure that teachers year after year have what they need and that there's a schedule that they can go in and they can do their lessons. That's awesome. And also, like, actual sustainability, you know, we're talking about setting up the compost, you know what I mean? So, like, sustainability of the project, but sustainability in general as well. Yeah. And then the science units, sounds like so it was every teacher or every class, or how, unpack unpack those, that for me. Talk to me about the science units. Have you gotten that far? Yeah. So So they're actually all mapped out. out. So there will be a minimum of at least one science unit per trimester. The grade levels really looked at, you know, for example, fifth grade, the way that structure works, they have time for more than that. So their their aim is to do more than one science yeah. unit per trimester. But third grade, for example, where the focus is a little bit more in literacy and students learning to read and write and, mm-hmm. and do their math, you know, they felt that one per trimester was appropriate, yep. given that their focus has to be on some still, yeah. you know, basic learning skills. Yeah. And then fourth grade landed somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So I was really happy to see that we had teachers at each grade level who were willing and able to be a part of that work. And we were able to do that during the day. We secured substitute teachers so that Sweet. so that the classroom teachers could do it during their work day and have those sessions with CREA. And I think each grade level at this point has had either three or four oh, wow. day-long sessions okay. with CREA to work on the development of these units. That way there's the connection between the rest of the grade level team yeah. and CREA as well. Mm-hmm. And then CREA just came in at our March workshop day and did some great professional development with the whole staff just yeah. around NGSS and that exploration model yeah. in general. Sounds like it was uh, fair to say quite teacher-directed too then, so if they're doing that much, right? Yeah, that was a really important part too that we didn't want to just land something, <clears throat> land something in teachers' laps and say, go for it, but really had teacher you know that teacher leader from each grade level and then they could go back and talk amongst themselves and so although it was led by CREA teachers were very involved in it it's been a great shared leadership opportunity and then let's talk about the the other third uh, third leg of this stool which is the place uh, nature based play spaces so that piece (laughs) that, that piece is the piece that so we have also thankfully been given the opportunity to attend a sustainability symposium through REV 
mm-hmm. on the 13th and 14th of June. So because things happen in many years, we were given an extension of the spending period of the, grant. Of the initial grant. Yep. So the yep. initial grant spending period was supposed to have been from July 1 of 22 to June 30 of 23. They've now extended that period to June 30 of 24. And through attending this symposium, there's an opportunity for us to increase our sustainability with some potential more funding, up to 40% of our initial grant offering. So we don't know what that will be, but we have said, yes, please (laughs) sign us up. We would like this opportunity because what we quickly realized was with the economy being the way that it is, the greenhouse ended up being a lot more expensive to Um, construct than it might have been two years ago. And so having the opportunity to increase our funds for those nature-based play structures as well, you know, we had to prioritize the greenhouse and the science units and then the nature-based play structures. We would like to do more than just, well, what do we have left for funds and and do that? But we've been working with a local um, landscape designer who has actually worked with the school department in the past, yep. I think helped design the playground at Kate Furbish yep. to, to get to get some ideas of what it could look like. I think one of the things that I was talking with somebody else about this, but I think people, uh, that's too generalization, but I think third, fourth, fifth grade, they need outdoor playtime. Yes. Right? I mean, yes. that's right. So yes. someone was asking me about, why are you guys doing this? And I'm like, our junior high, I was just at the junior high today, they're outside. Yes. They need outdoor play yes. or just time to experience, you know, fun or just outdoors. So it was an interesting conversation because they were like, well, why don't you just build a you know, bigger greenhouse or et cetera? And I'm like, you know, there's we need more there. And, and, and I think I've become more of a proponent of that. I know there's been legislation recently about increasing, you know, recess and making sure that grades pre-K through 12 have recess. And I'm not quite there per se, you know, I, don't, I think, a, you know, mandating everything is always not the way, but I know, I feel like a system that I'm going to lead and I'm leading is that we need to embrace that and get our students out more and more. And I see that at the junior high all the time and I'm like, yes, yeah. excellent. And I think those unstructured play times, oh, too, right? Because yes. everything is very, I mean, I'm, I'm a mom of two, two children. And so, you know, you go to school and everything is structured during school yes. and, and right from a very young age, three and four year olds are playing organized sports, yes. which which is great and it has its place and I don't yeah. want to take that away from anybody. However, the skill of having unstructured playtime where you entertain yourself yeah. has somewhat become a lost art. Uh, you you know, I was thinking, we're, exactly. We're probably all in the same generation of like, it was get out of the house and go play yeah. and yeah. I don't want to see you in here yeah. until supper time. Um, yeah. Not that I think we need to go that far, but no. Letting uh, kids just play. Right, just have the opportunity to explore, interact with an individual, meeting a peer, un-structured you know, or whatever. And with HBS, the way that our playground and recess area is, there's no room for imagination. Yeah. You've got a grassy area, no plants, nothing to climb on, and you've got regular playground equipment. So there's no little places that kids can have imaginary play. So that's really important to us too, 
that they have those little spaces as well as, you know, trees and things that they can run through. I, I love that. I, I can't remember last time, last winter I was down at KFS, you know, mm-hmm. supervising mm-hmm. a recess. And the imaginative play yes. was like, it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Right? It wasn't just swings. It wasn't just this, right? It was crawling and it was playing and, you know, just a lot of just imaginative play. Just right. un, yeah. unscripted you know, a chance for kids to be kids. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it's great. So I think, you know, third, fourth, fifth graders, perfect opportunity. So that's great. I'm glad you, you tied that into there. And we even did um, some surveying. Again, it was part of the grant anyway, but we did some surveying of families just around how their kids feel about mm-hmm. outdoor play and how mm-hmm. often they get mm-hmm. to. And it was as one would expect, overwhelmingly positive feedback about the way their kids feel about outdoor play and, you know, a desire for more of that outdoor just exploration and, and getting yeah. to be out in nature. You know, the other thing that I, you know, Heather, you've said this before, I've, you know, worked with you for a little bit, and I know you say you're not an outdoor person. <laughs> <laughs> no, not you're, an understatement. You're, you're, your words, not mine, but... I love how you've embraced this, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because you obviously know this is good for kids. Yes. But, you know, it may not be in your wheelhouse, so to speak, but this is good for kids. And I, Tracy, I don't know if you are an outdoor kind I of am. person. <laughs> I am. But, but right, you, you, you both seem to have really come, You've come at this, like, I think, like, what's good for kids? Right? Yeah. Now, I know I'm good at this or that, but this is really good for kids, so why not go for it? So I thank you both for that. Where I was going, that's kind of a little bit off, but I think that's, I wanted to just point that out because I think that's exciting because, one, you took a course, right? You took the risk of, I'm going to go through this process, and I, I applaud you both for that. But what I'd like to hear is, what do you think has been the biggest challenge of this project? Well, I, I think with anything, we want stuff immediately, right? Yeah. <laughs> immediately. All of this takes time. We were lucky enough to get the grant, and we had to start rolling on things, ordering the greenhouse, setting up, you know, there's all the utilities going in. So we had to have people over there for one thing or another. And, and things can't happen immediately as, as fast as we would like them to. Right. So we have to like really, like it's construction, right? It, does, it takes some time. We just have to wait and it's gonna be done soon and I think that's the biggest thing yeah, it's just really any other thing from you challenge you know I, I think the waiting so for example right now it's the the waiting of what's going to happen with the sustainability symposium because yeah. depending on the funding we get or don't get that influences the outdoor play spaces and the potential phases that we may, may need to take and yeah. getting that process rolling and then you know as a as a building admin Whenever you change curriculum, there's always, you know, that you want it to go well. And I know that it is unrealistic to expect that 100% of my staff is going to be, you know, woohoo, we're changing things. You know, so for me, that, that's a piece of knowing that things need to change and moving forward with the changes that need to happen while also being respectful and empathetic of the people who might be a little reluctant about that change or maybe had a lot of emotional investment and tie into how things used to be. And so balancing that need for 
we need to do what's best for kids and that means we need to change some things and we need to look at things differently with I want to honor and respect yep. your knowledge and expertise as a teacher who cares a lot about this and might be struggling with the notion of change. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up here and I ask you either anything that I didn't ask you wish I had asked, anything, any kind of information you want to share. And while you're thinking about that, I, I, want, I want to just publicly thank the Maine Department of Education. I think this mm -hmm. is, you know, I was looking at the website earlier today of all the REV grants that they've honored or, or, or have um, announced and whatnot. And that, that's exciting. I mean, I know there's some really small little tiny schools up north that are receiving them and then some bigger school districts mm -hmm. like ourselves. And um, so kudos to, you know, Martin and the Department of Education for moving this forward and, and doing that. And I know Martin's passed and, uh, you know, this is just a, a legacy for, for him. I, I had the opportunity of working with him years ago and I always thought of him as such a big picture kind of guy. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I just think this is great. So I wanted to put a shout out. I think it's important also maybe to mention that the Department of Education has been very supportive mm. after giving us the grant. They, we have coaches, we have people helping us along the way because they want us to be successful. So that's been really helpful too for, you know, I, I know for me, I'm, I don't it hasn't, it hasn't at all, navigate. yeah, it hasn't at all, I, I, I'm sure you've been a part of this, I've been a part of districts where you get this big grant and it's basically like, here's the money, here's the rules, good luck, yeah. and that has not yeah. been awesome. the case yeah. with this at all, so yeah. I, I, I just met with our Rev coach last week, you know, so yeah. that the, the structures that the DOE has put in place to support the districts, not only in attaining the grant, but in the implementation of the grant has been tremendous. Well, that, is, um, you know, that alone, let me just say this out loud again, right? I'm often a person that complains about, like, that example, right? Thank you for the money, but what do I do with it? Yeah. Or, you know, right? But this sounds like a place where they, the Department of Ed really put it all together and it's making it work, and, and that's great to hear. And, and, I, and if I, I do need to thank my, my HBS head custodian, Mark Harpel. Oh, nice. Um, he has been amazing poor man this summer i was like i know nothing about building and he was like i've got you and so he has worked with scott smith our facilities director and they have been the points of contact for the construction company and you know he keeps the t's crossed and i's dotted when it has to do with any of the construction things and I am so grateful for that because much like I am not outdoorsy, I've also never been a contractor or built yeah. anything. Yeah. Thank God for Mark Harpel and, and the teachers who have done the curriculum work. We had third grade teachers, Andrea Wilson and Deb LaPointe, fourth grade Jeez. teachers, Mike Larrabee and Heidi Grunewald, and fifth grade teachers, Aaron DeShane and Mark Maserol, who all did the work with CREA. It is, you know, Tracy and I took the course and wrote the grant, but the work since attaining the grant has definitely been a shared effort. So, awesome. you know, we're the ones yeah. here in front of the mics today, but we basically just did the paperwork. Yeah. Big, um, yeah. big supportive team. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. I think that, thank you for doing those shout outs. And I think that's really important. You know, the one thing that the commitment level of the Brunswick staff, bar none, done this a long, long time. People are really committed. And here's another example here in Brunswick. So thank you both for coming today and being part of this. And, I can't wait to see the, the final result. I know it's going to be incredible, and I know our students are really going to uh, benefit from this. Hey, thank you for listening to The Brunswick Buzz. The Brunswick Buzz is available wherever you find your podcast.